0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. I've got a returning guest before we get over to meet Mr. Tom Bissett again. Uh, Please like, rate and review Henry Weston's Old Mate. You know, I'm only putting these out as audio. So if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify or Google, scroll down. Or if it's on Spotify, click on the three uh, little dots in the circle on the top of your screen and just rate us. If you can give us a five star review, brilliant. Uh, If you can give us a written review, brilliant as well it all helps the algorithms we're not trying to generate any income but we are trying to generate interest and you clicking those five stars and writing the reviews really really helps us get out there that's enough of that Tom Bissett joined me a few months ago and he was in Oz an old work colleague of mine an old friend of my long-term friend we've lived in different countries and worked in Holland blah 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 Tom Bissett you're back on Henry Weston's old mate we're going to talk about your return to greenkeeping and the positive effect that that is has had and is having on your mental health. uh tom thanks for coming on again mate uh how are you doing? pleasure pleasure to be back mate and um i'm doing
1: absolutely fantastic to be to be perfectly honest. um yes i am back on uk soil after a year away in australia. um and actually since we last spoke we've had a me, my wife, my now wife and I have had a bit of a uh, an exciting trip on the way home. And yeah, we sort of had, when we got home, we knew we had a plan, but we didn't dream that it had come to fruition as quick as it has done. So yes, I am now currently sat in a little flat in a little town called Orkterada, which is precisely 13 minutes down the road from my new place of work, which is Glen Eagles. So yeah, everything is uh tickety-boo, as my
0: grandpa likes to say. <laughs> Glen Eagles, um, I'm gonna I, I'm not gonna get it right. Two thousand and ten Ryder cup. Fourteen. Two
1: thousand fourteen,
0: they're miles off. 14, um, Solheim, they're the Solheim in
1: 2019.
0: Okay, so a premier golf and hospitality resort not in the uk i think internationally globally recognized as nationally yeah yeah um so you're back tom when we last spoke you were in australia and you came on the pod and as far as we were concerned and i was concerned you were in a pretty good place you and katie were um you'd been and done your travels you and your van you'd been throughout europe and you talked to us about your time sort of cycling back through Sweden, I think, seeing Moose at 3 a.m. in the morning and life that's is wonderful. The, that's it, yeah. <laughs> and you were and you found your way to Australia, a place that you've spent plenty of time in the past, and everything seemed well. And I think things were well, but it sort of came to light the end of your previous podcast. You were gonna come back at some point and explain to us periods of your life when things maybe weren't quite right but i think in talking since then me and you talk a lot on the whatsapp and occasionally face to face like this on the zoom um it probably fair to say tom though although it was a a good time in your life there were a few underlying issues i don't know if they were mental or or you could have been happier is it fair to say
1: absolutely yeah yeah definitely look it was it was a good time it it, it was it, it appeared like a good time on the surface and what i like on the surface it was like Katie and myself we we did enjoy doing some of the things out there and the weather was great and we lived on the beach but the underlying reasons for being there and the, the work that we were doing yeah it's fair to say that life on the surface seemed hunky dory but no, they were like deeper down. I wasn't, I wasn't doing amazingly. Sort of like I was very stressed, which I'm just not a you know firsthand. I'm not a stressful person. Yeah. I'm the first, funny actually because I listened to one of your um, one of your episodes,
0: oh, and no, you, I am a stressful person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mentioned you
1: mentioned about being sat in the in the, the mess room at a place that we used to work together. Yeah, and you were there early and stuff and. Um, you mentioned something about people coming bouncing through the door, and I was like, That'll be that was that was definitely me. <laughs> I was
0: like, Yes, bouncing I through the door the with, with, with a, a bounce walnut, through the door
1: at yeah, morning. Coffee
0: under your arm, yeah. and I'd be, I'd sit there and think, fuck Off with you, walnut. I yeah.
1: know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, <laughs> I know I'm gonna come bouncing through the door, and some people go, I'm not in the fucking mood for you this morning, Tommy. <laughs> 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 so, but, um. But yeah, I'd sort of, there was, I was still that kind of person, but there was always this in the back of my head, the work that I was doing for, at the time, was was a close friend. Um, It just wasn't me. I was putting on this front of thinking that I was, I was good at it, it was a a people thing. So I was, I was quite good at it, but yeah, it just made, it was turning me into a nervous wreck and the phone would be ringing at midnight and I was oh, the phone yeah.
0: ringing at midnight for work, yeah, so it was I want oh, basically- to to talk about next day's work because you were like you no, were doing no, some you, so- you were doing some landscape work, were you, Tom? No, no, so out there I was effectively
1: um said friend had a a block of apartments on the literally on the beach on the Gold Coast, yeah. and I ended up sort of being the building manager. oh okay. For- so, taking bookings, looking after guests, and that sort of thing, but right. also living on site. So, we were the night emergency people as well. So, somebody locks themselves out at midnight. I get a phone call and say, So and so's locked themselves out.
0: Do you know you what? i
1: like,
0: I have had it. I, and it's, I, I have, I'm going to interrupt because it's a reasonably funny story, but I remember where I, our mine and Erica's second season in Val and she was a uh, she she was an office manager for a, for a luxury ski holiday company. She worked for a good friend of hers, but yeah, she'd have the phone every other week. Her boss would have it one week, and it was a twenty four hour phone. And I remember walking through Val a wonderfully you know gorgeous ski resort in the French Alps, at quarter to two in the morning to go. And show a very rich Russian client how to put a 25-year-old VHS tape into the recorder because his three-year-old daughter wanted to watch uh, My Little Pony or, or something. <laughs> no. So, so I mean, I understand that he'd he'd made the call to say we can't work the tape recorder, and we trudged trudged through the snow. Uh, and Erica. Was due to her alarm went at six a.m. for that job, I think. So that was 30 or two o'clock in the morning. But I've divulged. So you're getting phone calls, Tom. You're managing buildings for 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 said friend. Um, you're putting on a front. You've said you're putting on a front. Now, are you putting on this front, Tom? Because you feel obliged to help your friend out, and you don't want the relationship to suffer. I'm 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 going to make a couple of suggestions. You think KT enjoys being in Australia, so you're just going to go with it because you don't want to disrupt things, or do you think I should be happy because it's the Gold Coast we know it's a wonderful place. I mean, it's gone bonkers in the last twenty years. I was there twenty years ago, and it, I thought it was busy then, and you look on Google Earth now and it's crackers what Why was this mask on? what were what were you hiding deep down? what were you hiding? Oh, I was absolutely option number one yeah
1: yeah I just um I guess so there's another thing but the whole reason we we're out there as well was something I'm not very proud of and we'll get to that because okay I've, I've t- i have like, I want to sort of explain that as well but yeah I just I felt obliged to be there and because because just yeah. said friend in the past I'm not gonna he has been very, very good to me. And we've yeah. had some great trips and stuff like that. And um yeah, again, very generous when we were out there and stuff like that. But yeah, I felt then obliged to run his business for him while he took time off and went traveling, which is fair enough. But it look yeah, at the time and looking back now, I was like, this isn't me. Like I'm I'm I and and obviously getting, being away and track, I, I really value my, I you know what I'm like, when I go to work, Stu, I am, I'm 110%, I'm all in, I'll do what needs doing. You'll your smile picking up dog shit. Uh, yeah, I will. And I'm like, I just, especially greenkeeping, because I'm like, I'm outside, I'm in the fresh air, I'm doing what I love doing. You get some amazing days where, like, for me, I'll be out in the morning hand cutting and the sun's coming up. It's a perfect day. I'm like, I feel guilty getting paid for that stuff. And then sometimes you get a you do get a, a, a bad day, but you kind of like. I hate uh,
0: hand cutting. Take the roof with a
1: like, like you, had, you shoveling shoveling sand in a bunker. I'm like, that's a free workout for me. You're like,
0: fuck this. I'm not oh, shoveling. Sand. Yeah, you work. I I again. I'm going to interrupt. You will never see an angrier greenkeeper than Stuart Butler being asked to shovel sand around. Shovel we don't sand. do it at West. We've got the we've got the heaviest sand in the world. It doesn't move, and I'd pay double for it if it, if the price went up double. We're still having that sand. Um, Tom, it's, 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 it's not uncommon, mate, is it? It's, yeah, they, they probably say that, you know, it's, I probably won't get the saying exactly right, but never work for friends or family, something along those lines. And, and I, we won't go into this friend, but if I assume it's the one I'm thinking of, and you were, you were certainly long-term friends before you were work or before you worked for him so i can imagine and this is there'll be plenty of people listening to this who have probably experienced the same you know it would probably be from you know james styles brilliant friend of mine you know we've probably shared five or six bad words with each other in 15 years apart from when i tried to set his hair on fire in a pub once we had a few bad words but i can imagine if i went to work for james styles at his pub Probably two or three weeks down the line, our friendship would start to take on a different shape. Yes, yeah,
1: and this is what has this is what happened. And there was one, there was one particular incident where um, I'd been working because it was very, it was because Katie was doing something like the housekeeping work as well in said apartments, and it was very hard for us to because I had a there was an old guy who worked for my friend for. Years, years and years and years and he'd do two days a week in the office so that gave me two days but then to not have any housekeeping work on those two days was just a nightmare right. so we managed to like after a period of uh, two months maybe of of constantly working and never being away from the place me Katie and I managed to line up a couple of days off we were going to Brisbane we we're going to watch a concert that we were really excited about and xyz Great um, city as well, yeah, yeah, really nice. So anyway, the, the day was coming round and stuff like that, and for whatever reason, there happened to be turned out there was a couple of cleans to do on on one of the days we were away. And anyway, long story short, I had to get in an emergency cleaner and blah blah blah, and they charged more than what my friend was would normally pay for cleans. And I was like, oh look, mate, I'm, I'm we booked this concert, and I'm really sorry like the cleaning bills a bit more this week or month or whatever it was, because we had to get, and I was like, oh, just, and anyway, I was like, he, he made me pay the difference out of my wages for the extra cleaner. And I'm like, and that's, and that is when in my head, it started, the relationship started to go sour and go sour. Cause I'm like, I, right. So it's quite clear to me that you put money and business before our friendship, because my state of mind at that point was, I was so stressed trying to line everything up. And I was like, right, two days away, we're going to a concert tonight and blah, 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 blah. And it just, yeah, it just flicked something in my head. where I was like, you have put your, but effectively money above my mental health and my stress levels and all of this. And then, and yeah, I think that's where, things start to change for me.
0: And, and I think it's probably, uh, I think you probably, um, it's almost something like you, you, that's, you don't, you you never get back from that. Unless there's, no, there, there has I to tried, be a very. I
1: have really tried like, and I did and, and I made my, and I made my efforts and stuff like that. But yeah, when we left on June the 8th, I think we left to fly to New Zealand. Mate, I just like, and you'll be able to relate to this. It was just a weight lifted off my shoulders, where I was just like, "No more! Like I do not have to do that
0: anymore." As like, and this, this is this is interesting, Tom, isn't it? Because you know you can climb it, and Australia is a wonderful country, and you know it just goes to show that you can be where you know everyone thinks they want to be and you yeah. can be working for a friend which a lot of people might consider to be you know quite a nice thing and if your relationship is strong then hopefully you you work although one has to be the boss and one has to be not the boss you hope that you can make it work for all of you uh mm-hmm. and you 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 live near the beach and you're a person who loves the beach and you've got katie there and but just to say, and to someone like you, Tom, who I know who will put the positive spin on almost anything, to hear you say that you got on that. And that feeling is um, a strange one, isn't it? When when you feel it is, I mean, I remember talking about in the past, the days I actually couldn't get off the sofa or out of bed, and it actually felt like a physical weight. The, the duvet felt 500 kilos, um, yeah. But also that day that I spoke to the doctor, that brief second, it didn't feel like a weight coming off my shoulders, but something changed within me. There was yeah. a relief. And to hear you say that sitting on a plane, just knowing that you don't have to do that anymore. Um, yes. Tom, because we're not on a time scale, but if we're not careful, we will end up overrunning. You have alluded to it in the previous podcast, and you've talked, mentioned it now, there was something that's happened that you, I think you, you want to discuss that you said you're not too proud of, and it's how you ended up in Australia. Do you want to, shall we go down that little rabbit yeah, hole?
1: Absolutely, yeah, let's. Because, again,
0: um, it sort of
1: very similar to yourself. I had, um, not not very similar, but on, this, on a similar kind of thing I had, I just... It was the, it was the it was May. It was after obviously COVID and and then all the and I hadn't seen my friend over in Australia for yeah. three years or whatever it had been. So I booked myself a month out there, um, to go and see him and do some adventures and and blah blah blah. And um, while while I was out there, um, we had a I, um, sorry to put a bit of a to give some context as well. Katie and myself we had had to come back to york after being in sweden and spent 2 years there and it was never really where we wanted to be two years in but, york yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah i'm with so, you yeah just trying to get the
1: time time the yeah. timeline in my head yeah between 2020 and may 2022 it would be um we were in york and not really where we wanted to be um just not fully happy we were we were content but not happy we weren't doing necessarily jobs that anyway um, May 2022 had come round, we tried to move house within York and still things weren't amazing Um, I'd gone on holiday to Australia and while I was out there I had decided that I was going to go back out once I got home hadn't consulted Katie about that, hadn't even asked her so effectively, brave. Effectively, just in a way, ended a three-year relationship because I hadn't even considered that she would want to come out with me. I was planning on going on my own, um, and just all of that lying and the deceit of that.
0: So, talk to- us. Just talk. So, you, what's going in? And you have, have you made a conscious decision that because I, I I don't want to don't want to go somewhere and get you to say things that might be too personal tom but is is are you looking for a are you looking for a way out is it easier for you to to move out there and hope that Katie fucks you off in a, yeah I think so I think there was part of me
1: that was because our we'd become so we were always just attracted to each other for our because we just the freedom that we wanted to live with and, yeah and we'd sort of become, as you do, and everybody, but being around family and they were kind of talking us into this life that
0: neither of us really wanted. And we were both just... Well, you might have, if you don't mind me saying, Tom, you you may have been here before, mightn't you? Yes, I absolutely have. Yeah. I
1: didn't I didn't learn. But this time around, it's, it's it's happened slightly differently, which I'm very grateful for. But yes, but I was, I've been there before. um, And it was, we were just, and I just... I could feel when I went to Australia on holiday. I could see I'd sort of saw it from the ten thousand foot view of everything yeah. that was happening, and me being me and not being able to not doing the manly thing and going back and speaking to Katie about it and saying this is it. I just basically hit the eject button and was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm out."
0: Um, and that's that's not you, Tom. If I'm if you don't mind me saying, that's not you. So I think. I, and again, I'm not going to make an excuse for you, but there's there's probably there's obviously there's you're you're not at peace with you. I don't that's not a great thing to say, but you're obviously not in a Tom Bissett frame, you're not in your best no, frame, wasn't mind no, wasn't best frame I, of mind to make that decision. No. no, no, but that's yeah. I'm not I'm not giving I'm not looking to give you an excuse, but I'm just trying to for me hearing this story and knowing you as reasonably well as I do, that you are a man who would normally, in the right frame of mind, you would make a reasoned decision and you would have the bollocks to deal with it head on.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And especially now I'm older and a bit more mature. Absolutely, because I've, I've been there and learned that things are solved far better when you just come face-to-face with somebody and you sit down and have a grown-up conversation about, Whatever it is, and then it did, nothing, nothing ever works when things are done behind backs. And, but I know that now, and I I know that as a person, for whatever reason, didn't do that. Um, we have uh, Katie and I have that, and that was one of the really positive things that did come from
0: our year in Australia. Is that so? What's what's what saved this situation? What stopped? What stopped you and Katie? Not Katie,
1: splitting Katie, that basically. Katie, absolutely. She quit her job in the UK and she decided to fly out to be in Australia with and and sort of rekindle our relationship, just her and myself without any other outside influences, and basically just went back to where we were at our good point, which was probably the first two years or so when we were in Sweden, when it was just her and myself and we we're excited about life and what we wanted to do and which is where we're going now. So no, Katie, absolutely single-handedly pretty much. It's, gets it going.
0: it's funny, isn't it? And I, I try and I try not to say things. I, I try to, to think things through in my head before opening my mouth. Um, but, but when, when you are and me and Erica, We're kind of there, but because me, and for a bit of context here, I met my now wife in 2013. We got married in 2014, September of 2014, and our daughter was born about 18, not quite two years later in 2016. Quite fast-tracked. Me and Erica didn't have time, and we were living in Valdezere, living in Holland. We weren't exposed to family community local society trying to dictate to us how we as 35 year old adults were meant to live and conform within a let's say deal where i was or essex where erica grew up let's say we because had we come home had we not met in Valdezere, had we met on Deal High Street, let's say we met in the King's Head, guaranteed I'd have got right fucked off with my family and her family, one telling us we should be getting married, then the minute we're married, should be having kids, and in between that probably should be getting a mortgage. Uh, I got, We got away with that because we weren't around together long enough and we kind of beat people to most of the punches. You know, We got together, we got married, we got a house, and then we had a child so people didn't get the chance. But it, it is amazing how, and and this could be anything, It's you know, it, this isn't a greenkeeping chat, but fuck me, you go and work somewhere for two years and it doesn't take long for people to start telling that you, you've got to be a first assistant and then you've got to be a deputy and then you've got to be a head greenkeeper. And fuck me, sometimes you just want to come to work yeah. and go home. Yeah. So, so Katie's, you, you and Katie... Just on that, just on that,
1: mate, it's a very, very similar situation to Katie and myself. We met through a mutual friend, it was in York, but we were going elsewhere to work together initially. Uh, just Just on the Christmas bars that I used to work on, um, that was only for two months, and then I was I'd already agreed to go back to Sweden that summer to do greenkeeping. So basically, Katie and myself from meeting, we Spent two months living in a house in Leeds, working with a friend. That was a great time. And then we went to Scotland, we visited Sweden, and I think we went somewhere else in the space of a couple of months. Then we drove to Sweden to work for the summer, which was just, it was fantastic. And then Norway. And so basically, like you said, we didn't. nobody had that influence on us in that initial stage. We were just two people doing the same things, excited. So, and then it only then, when people managed to start getting their claws into it, that's when things started to go a little bit downhill. And like you said about the about the you just
0: people don't mean any harm by it, and, no, I think-
1: and, and and absolutely not. They just that's the way they want to live, and that's what makes them happy. But it does sort of start to intrude on and you feel like it's very, very hard. What we find, it's very, very hard to, to constantly go against what your family and your friends think is the best thing for you. It's like you said, it's not with bad intention. It's just that. And also I I would imagine from my family's point of view, it's a selfish kind of thing where they enjoy having us around, which is absolutely fair enough, but that isn't, what we ever dreamt of when me and yeah. when myself got together we dreamt of living in scotland in a little tiny home with a big garden and do you know what i mean like doing doing things that we enjoy and yeah luckily
0: it's 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 so hard isn't it i mean and you are you are one of three aren't you boys so yeah it's and I know your, your your family is you know your your mum and and you as as boys you're, you're very family orientated but oh yeah we're tight we're very very tight you, but you but there is still you know I I haven't experienced it too much but I know I know fortunately you know m- m- my parents yeah like my dad didn't have a huge input on, on us growing up as such you know he, he had an influence but not a massive input he just you know we had to finish school and go to work. And as long as we did something that covered our bills and we weren't knocking on dad's door to ask for money, then his job was done. If, if Mum, Mum didn't ever try and stop us doing anything, me, Paul and Alex, you know, I went off and did a few things Australia when I was a bit young and then ended up in the Czech Republic, Holland, blah, blah, blah. Alex was in the Navy. Paul got to 35 and then just moved to Germany and started a family. He left it a little (laughs) bit later. No, 38, maybe. But mum never stopped us. But I know that certainly on mum's side of the family, there was never a negativity. But I think there was a certain, you know, my mum's mum, my nan, who was a wonderful influence on all of us um, and, and would have encouraged us to do things. But I think there was probably other elements on that side of the family that, you know, Stuart's going off to Australia. You know, he's he's 21. Should he possibly not be thinking about? Is it time to grow? I think these were never said, but I think you know, no, no, but you know it's rumbling on. Heart. And then what that does is inadvertently probably my mum then starts to question her values because she sent me and us off with all the best will in the world and a few quid in our pocket if they've got it to spare. And then there is a certain influence from the generations above, if you will, that might suggest that, this isn't how we do things. And it is it is hard to go against that, isn't it? It is very, very difficult, yeah. And I've always
1: struggled with that, especially with sort of um, what I have done, in, what I did in my 20s, which was, as you know, I went, especially the summer times, I would go and maybe do seasonal positions. And then I'd always end up back in York for the winter, but inadvertently, well, no, inevitably at mum and dad's sort of living there and then it would be like but a couple of not probably not even a couple of months in I'm like I'm bouncing off the walls I'm like I need to get away from this place again and that's nothing to do with my family and nothing to do with my family being there it's just that they've all they've chosen that place to live and start their families and stuff like that because they love it and it's and it's right for them and I will always love visiting and we have the yeah. best times. And whenever we have a family get together, it's just the best time. But as a... Car-
0: the karaoke videos aren't the best time if you have to watch them. <laughs> I can <laughs> assure you, you think you're having the best time. Having to watch some of those videos is not a good time for us. There was once we did it in Spain and uh, the woman... Yes, so with, I think that's the video I'm thinking of. came
1: out with toilet roll out of her <laughs> and out of her ears. Um, but yeah, no, but for me, it's all... I've, I've And I think now, touch wood, I've I've found that balance of I'm somewhere now where it has everything that ticks the boxes for me, the out so all my adventures that I can do outdoors, and but I'm only I can go home for the weekend happily, like it's 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 a little bit less than a four hour drive, which finishing work at one on a Friday, I can be down there for five thirty on. Friday chips, afternoon. Chips and gravy by 5.30. Chips and gravy by 5.30 and so I've always, yeah, it's it's been difficult. I've always, I've never wanted to live in York but I know that 75% of my life is there because my family is there and they always will be. Um, but for me personally and for and Katie as well, it, this is, we've always wanted to be somewhere we just have the the outdoor life and the, and the nature and the the hills and the the mountains are just yeah that's where I'm happy where you I'm, you
0: like going up and I like going down and you're quite good at going down them as well when the snows I'm pretty, yeah I'm got pretty good actually help tell, tell me Tommy tell me because I'm gonna do you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna put this out as it's gonna go out as a Henry Weston's podcast probably based around mental health but I'm gonna put it in the mental health for greenkeepers group because it's two guys who are greenkeepers talking and, and it doesn't necessarily need any greenkeeping context because i think that group while it's greenkeeping base our chat a lot of people will relate to a lot of things we've talked about and and but i was surprised uh in our last chat uh i thought you guys were going to come back and i know what you i know what your end game is I I was surprised you ended up straight back in greenkeeping. I'm not surprised that you're happy, Tom. But can you just explain to us, me the listeners, how happy? Because you are happy. You said off there you're really happy to be back greenkeeping. So did you miss it more than you thought?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think I missed it as much as I do. Um, I. Yeah, when we got back, um, I the the plan was always to um move to Scotland and do these. Things. I mean, it was to own. Well, the dream is still to own a campsite and and all of that. And but it was that I've I've done the running a business thing in Australia and I yeah didn't do well with it. So there's probably a there's probably going to be a natural progression about that, which is a lot less stressful. But um. No, mate, look, I've, I've, you know, what I was like, I was, I'm a morning person. I don't do, I don't really do late nights. Um, I mean, if I'm starting work at, we're starting work at six o'clock now, it's a 13 minute bike ride, but I'm still getting up at 4 30 and I'm doing a bit of yoga and I'm making a coffee. And I just, yeah, I'm getting coffee.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, drink, I drink a lot more coffee than I used to now, back on yeah, the caffeine side. I am not drinking
1: as much. Um, but, yeah. For me, it's, it's something that it just makes me a better person. Um,
0: is it, my- is it the, is it the out, is it the outdoor element? Is it the camaraderie? Is it a combination of the both? Or is it something that you can't quite put your finger on, but what a lot of people search for, you are just doing something. And for whatever reason it makes and maintains a happiness level.
1: Yeah. I think def- definitely the two things that you, you said there, the, um it's the outside and i know as we as we do winters are not quite as enjoyable but there's definitely still something about being outside when not everybody else is and you yeah. still get fresh air um i think a big thing a big thing for me is the physical element to it i know a lot, i know sometimes you can be sat on a fairway more all day and,
0: you don't you don't react well to that and the thing what i know again i'm going to talk about myself for 30 seconds what i actually started doing this year when i went on the weight loss journey i actually started embracing the physical side of work so i would again being the boss of very small team i i i didn't necessarily choose bunker raking but if uh, in the past, I would have volunteered to to do the fairway mowing, but now I'm like, you know, I could have a walk round and check the bunkers, and I could have a walk round and move the t markers. Yeah. And realistically, that did me. That was so much better physically, but for my mental health, I I've always feel I would feel better after a three hour walk than a four hours on the fairway mower, unless yeah. I had Henry Weston's old mate on the uh, headphones, of course.
1: Yes, absolutely. No, my, and that, and I think that's a big element for me is that. And, and and even here, I've I've only been working at Beniamus for about a month now, but the lads are, they all think I'm crazy as it is because they if I get if I get hand mowing in the morning and fly mowing in the afternoon, I am as happy as a pig in shit. I would that's just what I, I'm I'm doing what I enjoy. It's physical. I'm outside, and I guess it's again you can't really put that thing on it, but for me, I come home and know I've had a good day at work. I know I've had a day of grafting, and I'll sit on the sofa with a cup of tea, and I'm like, that was a good day.
0: You're like nothing,
1: um, nothing can put me on a downer for the rest of the evening. Are
0: you are you watching the Vuelta at all at the minute? I
1: haven't been because we've we've literally only had our uh Wi Fi um delivered today.
0: So well, now obviously I've the highlights and stuff. Obviously, Roglic... And Vingegaard have won the two um, majors, if you will, or the two grand tours this year. But they're now acting as super domestiques, they're calling them. For super domestiques. For Seb Kuss, the American, who who is going to win as long as he stays on his bike. You know, the guy right. who's, But I'm just thinking, you're from a greenkeeping point of view, you're like a super assistant. You're the guy that probably no other assistant really wants to get the day shift with. But from a management <laughs> point of view... You want Tommy Bissett on the team because he'll go out there flying. He'll do it all in in service it. of the cause.
1: Yeah, I do. And I just, it, again, it's good for me. And there's that, but there's also that sense of of the, the pride there as well. I just, I do love the job. And I don't know if that's from a background of being a golfer when I was younger as well. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's always, a greenkeeper is always slightly better if they play golf. Than if they don't play golf because you just understand, you understand the golf course just that little bit better.
0: It's, it's, it, it is. I have, um, within my team, my, my, my really good young assistant, Mason, is, is a, is a non golfer and it doesn't, it doesn't hinder him. But if he was a mid handicap golfer, he would be even better than he is now.
1: Yeah. Because he, yeah. that Very well is it doesn't necessarily hinder people, but what it does do is it definitely helps. It aids them in being a better greenkeeper. Yeah.
0: He, he can, he, he, he would, he, he, he is brilliant. Uh If you're listening, Mason, you know, check can be in the post, but well, it's probably a point that you, that you could argue on another podcast and people might have different views, but I, you know, myself being a, 12 handicapper on a good day and 18 handicapper on a bad day. I, I have, I watch and I play, I have a reasonable understanding of golf and I think it has stood me in reasonable stead. And I look and I have discussions with Mason sometimes. And occasionally I come away from those discussions thinking, if you understood, if you played golf, I should say, you would have understood a lot more or we would have had a better conversation. Yeah. And that's it it not taking away. I would I I but I would just say, you know, I think you you I don't how do I say this? You can, you know, I don't want to put someone in, you know, because Mason is a wonderful machine operator and he understands when golf's he understands when golf's coming down the fourth fairway that if he nips across to 14 he can probably get a bit more done. But when you're out moving team markers, well, for example, changing holes, he does that for me on a Friday. He moves holes to a fresh position as instructed. But if I asked Mason, how does that front left pin on 13 play? I think his answer would be, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which just, is a concern when you when you're not at Westgate and Burchington, when you're going to princes raw st george's st ports further on in your career you as a really really good assistant aspiring to be a first assistant or a deputy you need to know i think you need to know golf
1: yes i think i agree um yeah and then just to move on to the third thing the camaraderie yeah um, that also has played a massive part in me being much happier. Um because it's just it's and, and, and that goes to a deeper level of that everybody has in, which we all know through COVID didn't. It's that physical, it's the it's the connection with other human beings that in this day and age, with everything's on, everything's on the phone, and every nobody, nobody. I say nobody. It's a that's but it, we underestimate what it's like to be face to face with somebody these days and and have a have a laugh and have a even a, even a more serious conversation. But just to work with people who you're in a team with and you're all working towards an end goal. Which yeah, I, don't,
0: I, th- I think I feel- it it does. It, yeah, it's it's I, I, again I know. I know when I was when I've had my worst periods of mental health, I have isolated myself uh, by choice and have been allowed to do so, and that is not in any way a dig, you know. So and within the workplace, because I almost you know I fought tooth and nail, and my employees, employers of the past, I'm not taking anything against them because they all tried to integrate me within the team. And I push back. And because of the nature of me, I, I probably just, through strength of willpower, I just ground them down. Like, Stu, it'd be good if you in- integrated yourself back in the team a bit. And I'd just say no. No And I'd say no to the point where they gave in and just let me not do what I wanted, but they would allow me to mow the rough, do the turf tidy in the winters. I could go weeks and months. Um, but you do run the risk, Tom that that camaraderie it, it it is in the majority of the positive but when it's when it's if it's not going well it it can be the source of anxiety.
1: Absolutely yeah 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 and um not I haven't experienced that myself but I have seen that in various places that I've worked and yeah it's it's not nice it can go the other way. But
0: um but positive positive I'm gonna We're going to wrap this up in a minute, Tom, but it's great that you're back in greenkeeping. And I'm not going to put you on the spot because you just said that the end game is still you and Katie running some form of business that attracts regular visitors, shall be a campsite or a lodge or something. Um, But you're back in turf. Is there a chance you could see yourself getting back into turf potentially in a big way and, you know, I' looking at. I, I don't want to ask you a question. You've just started your new job, but could could you see it being a career for the foreseeable future again?
1: Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. I actually want it to be a career for the and yeah, because because a big thing for me that I've felt internally this sort of I felt a feeling of contentment come over me in areas of my life which I've ne- which I haven't had before. I'm in a relationship now where we're actually we're married. We decided to get married um, on our way back to the UK. We actually eloped to New Zealand and just got married with Katie, myself, and three other people. Which was did you know
0: was, these people?
1: Nope. One was a total randomer. So one was the photographer slash witness. We had, had, had to have the celebrant legally, yeah. and then the other guy was a random guy called Jason who was brought along just to sign the piece of paper for us. So, um, Well done,
0: Jason. Yeah, thanks, Jason. If you're listening, (laughs) Jason, good man.
1: (laughs) Good man. Um, But, mate, it was the perfect day. Just to give you a quick um, 20-second flash on the day, we got up, got married at sunrise, um, just outside of Queenstown. We were done for about 10 o'clock, 10.30. We were drinking in the bar at 11.30. I think we had a lunchtime drink. Oh, you'd have
0: been asleep by one o'clock then.
1: Well, funnily, funnily enough, we were back to our Airbnb, which was um, quite aptly named The Love Shack. We put the fire on. We put Lord of the Rings on because we fought in New Zealand. This is no better film. I fell asleep at about three o'clock watching Lord of the Rings. Um, woke up with a slight hangover, but we powered through. We went... Back out into Queenstown for the night. Um, had a couple of more wines, and that was all the, the um the winter ski staff were they oh. having their sort of initiation night out. So that was good fun. And no, we we went back, we ended up, I think, back at the place about midnight, and
0: that was our wedding day. So Wow. And, and the- now now is the time other podcast hosts would ask you what the future for you and Katie as a married couple is. But I'm not going to ask that question. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Will,
1: cliffhanger. we like a cliffhanger. We, on we will
0: question. find out. in, <laughs> in, in uh, Tom, it's it's been brilliant. Uh, what we're probably going to do is I think I've just about got time. We're going to wrap this one up. And then you're going to come back on and you're going to give me 15 minutes of your time to talk about this charity run I've got. And while we're on the subject, and if you listen to this podcast all the way through, I am putting together another charity run. We're calling it Kingsdown's Tiny Little Backyard Ultra. I'm going to run, me and a few others are going to run 1.5 miles on the hour every hour for 24 hours, finishing with a three-mile run to total 37.5 miles. And we are raising money for Cancer Research. If you have a spare fiver, click on the links across my social medias. And if you can donate anything, that would be wonderful. And if you could share this episode and other episodes, that would be great. Tom Bissett, my very good friend, my happy looking friend. Thank <laughs> you for being a guest on Henry Western's I'll Make the Podcast. This isn't the last that I'll see of you and people will hear of you because you know, we will get some more content out there because there is plenty to be had. But for now, Tom, thank you for being a guest on Henry Weston's. Pleasure Old Mate. as
1: always, buddy. Pleasure as always.